This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon. This is Marshall Davis. Today I'm going to talk about non-dual non-violence. In the United States, we are struggling with violence, gun violence in particular. In our little town in New Hampshire, we have an online Google group of which almost all the 1,200 residents of our town are a part. The major topic of discussion these days is gun violence and gun control because of the recent mass shootings in our country. As a nation, we can't seem to find a way forward to protect our school children from crazed shooters. The problem is that many Americans believe that guns make them safer. They think guns will protect them, even though it is clearly not working. Back in 2008, when then-presidential candidate Barack Obama was in Pennsylvania campaigning, he made a comment on the campaign trail that went viral. I was living in a town outside of Pittsburgh at the time, and he was talking about people in small towns in Pennsylvania losing jobs. And he said this, he said, it's not surprising then they get bitter. They cling to guns or religion or antipathy toward people who aren't like them or anti-immigrant sentiment, or anti-trade sentiment as a way to explain their frustrations. He got a lot of backlash from that statement, but he was not wrong that many people are angry and afraid and cling to guns and religion as just as much true today as it was back in 2008. I remember years ago, after one of the mass shootings, Charlton Heston was at an NRA convention and he held up a rifle and he said, I'll give you my gun when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. There are a lot more cold, dead hands these days. Today I'm going to talk about nonviolence as an expression of non-duality. I'm going to begin by looking at the fourth chapter of Genesis, which speaks about the first murder, the story of Cain murdering his brother Abel. Once again, let me make it clear here that this is a myth. There are no such historical figures as Cain and Abel. This is a mythic account meant to communicate spiritual truth about the origin of violence. Now, there are different layers to this story. This is not just about two brothers. They represent peoples. It says in the story that Cain was a farmer and Abel was a shepherd. They represent these groups of people, shepherds and farmers, and the animosity that these people had for each other. In the American West, we saw this historically in the feuds 
between ranchers and farmers. One wanted to protect their crops and the other wanted open spaces without fences in order to grade their herds. These two figures of Cain and Abel also represent country people and city people. The chapter tells us that Cain founded the first city. Now fundamentalists have a real hard time with the story because it says, says that Cain got married and he founded a city. And they ask where did Cain get his wife? <laughs> if there are no other people supposedly except for Adam and Eve and their kids. And who were these people in the land of Nod who lived in the city? And if you take the story literally, you run into all kinds of problems. But if you take it allegorically, it makes sense. Cain and Abel are symbolic. The animosity between these two brothers symbolize the animosity that the ancient Hebrews, who were nomads and shepherds, experienced living in the land of Canaan, in Palestine, among the Canaanite farmers and city dwellers. In the story, God accepts the offering of Abel, but and not Cain's offering. And preachers love to point out the little detail here that says that Abel offered the firstborn of his flock, but Cain did not offer the corresponding first fruits of the harvest. In other words. Abel offered his best and Cain did not. They say that's why Cain's offering was accepted and why Abel's offering was accepted and Cain's was not. Now, I don't reject that interpretation completely. It makes a good sermon. But I think those details were likely added to the story later. I think originally Abel's offering is pictured as being accepted because Abel represents the nomadic Hebrews who were shepherds, and Cain represents the Canaanites, who were settled agricultural peoples. This murder of Abel by Cain is described here as being as happening in the cultivated fields and probably committed, I would imagine, with a farming implement. I think that's implied. So the Canaanite farmer is the bad guy in the story, in the Hebrew Shepherd is the good guy and the victim. This indicates that the story originated very early in the history of the Hebrews when they were nomads. Now this is the historical interpretation, but at a deeper level, spiritual level, this story is talking about human nature and the origin of all human violence. The violence that takes place between Cain and Abel is a direct consequence of their fall into dualistic thinking. We saw about in the previous chapters. The original storyteller made Cain and Abel brothers. They were family, which was a sacred bond. And yet their dualistic consciousness put them at odds with each other. Cain came to see his brother as an other, as separate, and different as a threat to him and apparently a threat to his relationship with God. So he had to be eliminated. Now I think we see here the origin of violence between religions which see each other as a threat. The source of violence is dualistic thinking. 
instead of, of thinking of people as our neighbors, as our brothers and sisters, and loving them as ourselves, as Jesus taught us, people instead see their neighbor as different. And different is dangerous. Different is a threat to us, to our jobs, our country, and our lives, and our freedoms. And so to feel safe again, those who are different need to be eliminated one way or the other. That's the source of violence. That's the source of racial violence and class struggle. It is a source of religious violence and international violence. It's a source of war. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught that the, that the cause of murder is anger in the human heart. And, and his brother James said that physical violence comes from inner violence and greed. Jesus offered a non-dual alternative to violence. Jesus taught the spiritual practice of non-violence. He instructed his disciples to turn the other cheek, to go the second mile, to refuse to return evil for evil. The earliest Christian movement was an intentional community that practiced unconditional love for all, even enemies. That was revolutionary, and it still is. Jesus understood the kingdom of God as an alternative to the political systems and the military empires of his day and ours. Jesus did not come to lead an earthly kingdom. At his trial, which was for treason as well as blasphemy, Jesus made it clear that he had no interest in earthly government. He said, if my kingdom were of this world, my disciples would fight, but my kingdom is not of this world. The church is meant to be a light to the nations, not a nation among nations. He did not envision any country as a so-called Christian nation. That's an oxymoron. There's no such thing. Jesus' solution to human violence was a radical one. At a moment of crisis and potential violence on the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane, at the moment uh, when the mob came with the temple guard to arrest him, Jesus told his followers to put down their weapons. He said, put away your sword, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. He instructed his followers here and in the Sermon on the Mount not to defend themselves or him. It is ironic that so many Christians today ignore Jesus' clear teaching on the subject. The only solution to the problem of violence is non-dual awareness that can see the neighbor as ourself, that can see the enemy as oneself. Then one can love the enemy because it is just another way of loving ourselves. We love our neighbor as ourselves because our neighbor is ourself. There's only one self and that self is God. In loving our neighbor, we are actually loving God. 
with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength, like Jesus said. That was the core of Jesus' social ethic. And everything else, he says, comes from that love. Non-dual, non-violence is not a social policy, a political platform, or a national foreign policy. Jesus was not a social or political activist. He was a spiritual teacher who offered a spiritual solution to the problems of suffering and evil in the form of violence in this world. There's no guarantee that the practice of nonviolence will keep us physically safe. After all, Jesus was arrested and he was executed. Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi both practiced nonviolence and both were killed by assassins using firearms. And yet they did immeasurable more good than if they had decided to bear arms. Nonviolence does not make any promise that God is going to protect us physically. But then neither do guns. Studies show that if you own a gun, then you or someone close to you, someone in your household or close associate, are more likely to die from a gun than if you don't own a gun. So you're not any worse off practicing nonviolence and probably much better off. Non-dual, non-violence also is not a strategy for bringing about social change. As much as I respect and admire Martin Luther King Jr. and Mahatma Gandhi, what Jesus was talking about was very different. They practiced nonviolent resistance as a means to bring about social justice. Jesus's non-dual nonviolence was not meant in this way as a means to an end. It was an end in itself. We do not accomplish, we do not do it to accomplish something. It simply flows naturally from union with God. Jesus taught nonviolent non-resistance as a natural expression of the unitive awareness that he called the kingdom of God. Jesus' vision of his spiritual community, the church, was to be an alternative community that modeled this ethic of non-dual selflessness. But instead, as we know historically, the church became a dualistic institution aligned with the, with the state. And when that happened, the church lost its soul and forgot its message. The institutional church became and remains part of the problem of violence in the world. The church was intended to be like the Sangha of Buddha, a spiritual community that lived in the unitive awareness that Jesus called the kingdom of God. It was meant to live a life of nonviolence and unconditional love. Now, some might call this idealistic, and from a worldly point of view, it is. And Jesus was crucified 
for living this. And if we live this, then we have to expect that we're going to have to take up our cross and follow him, just like Jesus said. But when we look at where the so-called realistic thinking and pragmatism has got us, a world with societies and nations filled with violence, including violence against our environment, so we're now destroying our planet. When you see that, then idealism doesn't look like such a bad option. In fact, you might say it's the only option that has a chance of succeeding in the long run. So non-dual spirituality, not the dualistic religious systems which have helped us get into this mess, but unitive spirituality is the only hope for ending violence, healing the human heart and this planet. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.